understanding where you came from, how you became the person you are, why you value the things you value. These are all reasons my guest Patricia would say it's so important to understand your family history. And as she put it, um, you know, the concept of history, like it, it can be so fickle in a world that changes so rapidly, right? There's perspectives that start to disappear or vanish. Um, we see all too often that usually it's a subjective decision on what stories remain, what stories are told, what, what history actually is. Um, and, and that's the exact reason why Patricia values preserving and telling her family stories so much. It's the reason her family is instilled it in her from such an early age. At one point she said it was, you know, when did she learn her family story? She couldn't say. It's the same time she learned what her name was because that's how important it was to them. Um, and you can see it in, in the work she's doing with her podcast, um, which you'll find the link to in the show notes, Charities Children. And what's so particularly interesting about this story is that it's told through the lens of a matriarchy, for one. Um, it's a story centered around the women in one of the oldest African-American families in Dayton, Ohio. And to hear a story that dates back to the 1800s, right? And to hear about these black women and their courage and their conviction and their character is just so powerful when you put it into the context of when they lived and what it meant both as a black person and as a woman. And then when you get to hear it through Patricia's kind of poetic and thoughtful narrative, it becomes really special. And you'll get a glimpse of that in this conversation as we talked about it. And we covered a good bit in this one, right? We obviously talked about the importance of preserving history. We talked about what it does for the individual, what it does for society at large when, when we care about our history, when we care about those that came before us. Um, and we talked specifically about her ancestors, starting with her fourth great-grandmother, Charity, and, and what made them so unique for their time. Were they able to do the things they did? Um, and of course, we went into some of the philosophical aspects of her story as well. Maybe most... Um, I don't know, most interesting, I know I use that word too much, but was the question of when we look at her story and the story of her ancestors, is it is it more important? Does it make more sense to focus on the anger, the frustration, the disappointment of what her family had to go through as black people living in America at that time? Um, or the beauty, the courage and the inspiration that resulted from them going through it the way that they did and, and, and how they approached it and how they maintained their integrity and, and, and the story of who they were. Um, really, really fascinating conversation. You know, we ended talking about Trisha doesn't have grandkids yet, but, you know, we explored how does she want the story to be passed down to them? What, is, what does she want the story to tell about herself? Um, how do you get children to care about history as much as they should to, to reap all these amazing benefits? And I'll have to say, you know, just in closing here, throughout all of this discussion, I couldn't help but notice the overlap between Patricia's value and what I'm trying to do with this podcast. It comes back very much to the same concepts of trying to be curious, trying to understand why you are who you are, trying to remain humble by appreciating all the people that paved the way in front of you. So this was just a truly beautiful conversation um, with Patricia, and I thank her a ton for the work she's doing and, and, and also the conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. All right, Patricia, thank you so much for being here. Really excited to talk to you today. Um, I like to dive right in, so I will. And I'll ask you, what's the value that's most important to you? That is, um, as you say, you like those philosophical questions. <laughs> and when I think about the value that is important to me, I think that it's almost been kind of like a seasonal thing. Mm. Um, in certain parts of my life, there were, and even as I look back, there are certain parts of my life where um, my values are so far from where they were then mm. that um, 
I don't even know if I know that person mm -hmm. anymore. But so values are evolutionary thing. I think that our core values of loving and taking care of our neighbors, mm -hmm. our core values of trying to live lives that are peaceful and harmonious with all of the things that are around us, uh, nature, uh, our fellow man, our um, ambition. So I guess it's been an evolutionary thing. Those values have changed for me. Mm. In my current season, um, my value, and I, I guess it's always been kind of a bedrock of who we are, but my values are our family story mm. and uh, preserving uh, perspectives, what I think are vanishing perspectives. Mm. So I, I assume we go there, given the podcast, as I mentioned in the intro, um, that, that you're working on and the story that you're telling. So I, I could ask it of all the values, but I'll ask it of that one since it's the one mm -hmm. of this season. Um, the simple question of, of what's that what's that grounded in? Why, why is that so important? I mean, there's some obvious answers, right, that we could think of. But if you dig deep on it, what, what is it that makes you feel like those family stories, retaining those, making sure that they're being shared? What is it that that does for you, your family, the world at large? What, what is it about that? When we talk about values, we often talk about things that are instilled in us, uh, sometimes knowingly and even unknowingly. Mm. Um, we find that there are families who have values of division and uh, it doesn't seem as though that's a value, but uh, that that bumping heads is mm. what they do. Mm. And it just becomes a part of who they are. Uh, and even subconsciously, it can be taught. In, in our family, and I have to laugh about it because it was very purposeful and consistent that we were taught our history. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure how controversial this will be, but there have been times in today's current political climate when the debate is raging about history. I pause and and, and have to say that, you know, uh, history was taught in our home. We give our children what we know. And if you don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, then you must seek. You have mm -hmm. to seek that information. So we can't rely on outside sources to tell our story. Mm -hmm. We, um, it is our responsibility as it was in our home. And, and it's something that our family has taken so seriously. And I don't think for a minute that, um, I don't take that for granted for a minute on two fronts, mm -hmm. that it was easy to do and because I know that it wasn't, uh, the interest that I have in my family history right now, many, a couple of those ladies over my shoulder, I lived a lifetime with them mm. and neglected to ask them so many important questions because in that season, my values were different. Mm. And so, but the purposeful thing and I'm asked this question uh, uh, quite uh, often. The, the name of our podcast is The Legacy of Charity's Children. And Charity is, uh, I am the fourth great granddaughter of Charity. Uh, her father brought her to Dayton, Ohio in 1802, 1803. Um, and I'm often asked, when did I know that? When did I learn that story? 
And I have to say that, when did I learn my name? It is something that I've always known, something that was always talked about, um, something that was always written about uh, by family members. So I recognize that it is not an easy thing to do, but it becomes our responsibility when we are living in a world where there are vanishing perspectives, it becomes our responsibility to seize these letters, journals, sometimes newspaper articles that coincide with what's going on in our family at that particular time, uh, because they are our family story. Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned it a little bit, so I'll, I'll hit it right on. And and as a black woman, how how important is it for you to to think about those stories and keep those because. Black and woman, both of those, they don't always get nearly enough credit as they should in this country at times. The stories aren't told the way they should be. How much of that does play into it very directly where you say, hey, that that responsibility you speak of, how much is that a part of it? I think it is. um, I think it's all of it. The uniqueness of the family line with which I am in, the history that I trace in our family line is that it's traced through the women. These women maintained and used their many maiden names and uh, many of them lived very long lifetimes, which Mm. means that they had a couple of husbands. Mm. And uh, so these names were maintained all those uh, many years. We, the interesting thing is, is yes, I can name every, every mother in the family, yeah. but I did have to sometimes in within my research, seek out the fathers, mm-hmm. but having maintained that family lineage through a matriarchal line, I think is extraordinary regardless of the race here in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a misogynist society where women give up their names and lose their identities. And I have to say that these women not only left um, breadcrumbs, but they left boulders along the way as far as their community activism and and civic engagement. So um, their presence was known and and well documented. Mm. Uh, So that's aided in the uh, search as well. Community activism um, is community archiving. And one of the important things that we have to remember is to live in the moment. Um, it has not been lost on me that within this last uh, few political years and this um, worldwide pandemic that I have been engaged and engulfed in writing, producing, narrating, and and executive producing uh, this podcast about history. Um, But I'm going to need to take the time to write about who I am and where I am right now, Mm. because um, I see changing borders. I was telling my husband just the other day that, you know, our grandchildren will know an entirely different map Mm. than we do. And so, and when they tell the story of COVID, they're going to give us those numbers Um, There's going to always be the controversy about its origin, Mm. but who will tell the story of the broken hearts 
and the lives cut short too soon. So mm. your history is what you're living right now. Mm. And I guarantee you that there is going to be somebody in this generation or in future that will want to know your perspective during this historic and tumultuous season. Um, we have so many means of documenting things these days and technology is moving so fast that we sometimes lose these things, even within my lifetime, this closet behind you, it has reel to reels, it has cassettes, it's mm. got um, floppy disks, it's got CDs, it's got DVDs. flash drives, mm. all right? So all of this has spanned this um, radio and broadcasting career. But the one thing I worry about is that some of that's going to be locked away mm. because if we don't have a reel-to-reel -reel machine or a cassette recorder, how do we begin to capture that? I thought about that many years ago. So that was why I began transferring things to the floppy disk mm. and then to uh, the CD, but it continues to keep changing. So I have to encourage people that at some point in time, you got to just put a pencil to paper. Yeah. I, I think of it too, Patricia, like for me, for me, it's somewhat of a signal when people, you said before, who, who's going to tell the story of the broken hearts and, and, the, and the lives cut too short. And to me, when people want to know the history, when they want to hear those stories, to me, it's an indication that uh, certainly not everything, but something's going right in society and humanity when we want to know those stories, when we want to look back because it means that we care enough to try and learn from it. It means that we care about people, even if we didn't know them directly, to try and understand what happened then. What can we take from it today to try and be better? So I, I see that as like almost like a, a sign or a signal that something's going right when people want to know that. Do you see it similar? Like, what, what do you think the value it is to preserve that history for future generations? Is it just because it is the history and you want it to be there? Or do you think there's something like, like almost a nourishment of the soul that comes with it when people are learning about history and the way you're saying it, the stories? I think um, in a word, it becomes inspiring. Mm. Um, your blues are not mine. And when we look back and see the things that our, our family has overcome. When you look back and you see the influence of, of these lives that were lived, and, and that's what you will see when you look back. That, and that must be, that, that we have to begin there because many people wonder, why should I care? You know, why is it important to me? And I have to tell you, Terrence, about something that I recently found. A very distant cousin who passed in 2000, I think it was 2018 or 2019 of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And I found her obituary online and she is a, a descendant 
of Charity Broughty. My, I'm the fourth great granddaughter and I think she was the third great granddaughter. Um, and I'm reading her obituary and it talks about her being an equestrian and how much she loved horses and how much horses loved her. Mm. I was completely stunned. This was someone that I didn't know. This was someone who did not have much of a relationship with her biological father, with whom she apparently inherited this zest for uh, and love for horses. Um, Charity Broughty, one of the uh, one of the uh, stories that we tell in the Legacy of Charity's Children is, uh, I forget the, the number of the episode, but within Fire Watchers, we talk about how Charity would mount her horse and patrol Dayton streets. Uh, there were mobs that were constantly burning down the black community there. And she became part of an organization called the Fire Watchers. And our family oral and written history talks about her love for horses and how, <laughs> and how she would ride at night, whether a baby was in her belly or on her back mm. to patrol these streets. Um, and the quote is, uh, lest some of the belligerent whites of the mob set fire to our homes and burn us alive. Mm. And so when I find this child of charity, one of charity's children, who has this love for horses. Well, <laughs> well, yes. So I, I had to, um, I had to post a message on her page, you know, although she had passed, you know, some years ago, I just wanted her to know that we were here. Somebody, mm. you know, who loved her to know that we were here and I think, and, and that was what the obit said, that they were never really sure why she was such an equestrian and why mm -hmm. she had this way with horses. They were never really sure why. Wow. Something about that connection. To, yeah. it, it makes you feel, I know people say this and sometimes it gets cliched that we're all connected and we're all one, but nowhere is that more true than a story like that where you can yeah. actually see and almost touch and feel that connection of how it passes through. That's like, it's comforting almost in a way, isn't it? To know that that's there. It is absolutely. And that is, um, that is exactly right, Terrence. It was comforting because I have to say that there were, there were no more posts. There weren't any posts on that, on her mm. legacy page. And my post was the first. I mean, it's 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 what speaks to the power of what you're doing. And I, I have to go back a little bit because you've touched on it a few times. I'm I'm curious through the, the work you've done and the stories you've been told. You've hit it a couple. I mean, we're talking about 1802, you said, I think, when, when they first moved there. Mm -hmm. You talked about her having to ride horses to patrol the village. What, what made charity so special these women that, that that you're telling the stories of that was not an easy time to be strong women to 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 maintain what they maintain to keep this this matriarchy as you said and all that what do you think it was about them that, that made them so special and able to do that um 
I wish I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> um and maybe I do. There is um prayer that I often pray where I ask the Lord, why did you put this fire in me? Mm. Um, what am I to do with this? And to be at this uh, silver stage <laughs> in my life um, and feel so gratified with um, the purpose of what I'm doing. It is not just dignifying these stories of the past, but it is also leaving something for our future. Mm. Um, each generation has done the best they could to tell the story and preserve the archives. There has not been an appetite in America for black history and certainly not from the perspective of black women, but that is our story. Um, it's not an agenda. It is just simply our family story. And so I think that that's part of the purposefulness in it is that in, in this generation, this is what I can do to preserve this legacy and keep it moving forward as well as honor these women of the past who have always told this story but there's just not been an appetite to hear it mm. and um and maybe the fire in me makes me shove it down people's <laughs> throat i don't know but, uh... <laughs> is there any um is there any anger is there any animosity about that the fact of i mean even even the stories that you're hearing what what they had to go through your family the, the history as as we talk about it that they're not having an appetite for it how much anger is there in that that you have to look back and hear some of the things see some of the things that you saw i mean i know that's a question i'm sure you think about but how much anger is there you know i'm not sure if it's anger as much as I feel fatigued. Mm. There was, um, I believe it was the episode of Fire Watchers. Uh, it could have been the one before Inspiration, but at the end of writing that particular story, because my process, and, and I'm just just gonna be real quick about it, yeah, is that we have this generational family archive of letters, pictures, journals, um, um, a, a few antiques and, and whatnot that have told our family story. What I have been able to do in this generation is to document these things with um, historical facts mm. and be able to weave our family story within the American tapestry, so to speak. So in doing that, I come to I come to this from I don't know, I think it's an evolving perspective. And so I don't believe 
I won't say that anger is not among the emotions on the list, but it does not supersede frustration, disappointment, mm -hmm. disappointment. And it comes really far down on the list. Um, at, at the conclusion of writing one of those episodes, I, I'll never forget, I was completely exhausted after um, having done the research and documented the attacks on Dayton's uh, Africa town. This was an 1830 community of black people who had homes, businesses, and a mob in 1841, after a series of attacks, a mob burnt Africa town to the ground seized the property and pushed most of the black people out of the city with the exception of my family who have been there in the Miami Valley of Dayton, Ohio for 220 years, mm. never left. Mm. So I think that that story is something that Ohio should be proud of, that Dayton should be proud of, regardless of how long Africatown existed or the circumstances of its demise, the fact that three Blacks within the antebellum period built and maintained a community of their own is something that should be celebrated. Mm. So, I don't, yeah, the, the anger, it just falls way down there on the list yeah. because there's too much work to be done to um, tell the stories and maintain the perspectives. And um, yeah. keep keeping up the fight, yeah. <laughs> keeping up the fight. It's, yeah. it's I, I don't know I'm, I'm just gonna ask this most directly and, and and it's somewhat philosophical but but I hope you'll understand it there's there's, a, there's an interesting fascinating beautiful horrible all that mixed together philosophical concept in that where it's like the, the good and the bad in that right to, to obviously the obvious bad and horrible but that allowed for your family to show such strength such beauty right H had it not been for that that wouldn't have been there and, and I don't have a conclusion in this at all but it just it makes me think about life and think about what what are we to make of that, right? Obviously, we wish none of that ever happened. We wish that town was no, no nobody ever did those things. It wasn't hate in those people's hearts, but it allowed for the beauty of your family history and that and that inspiration, as you spoke about before, to come through. And I honestly don't know what to do with that. There's days I would look at that and say, and I'd be negative and pessimistic and cynical and say it's not worth it. The negative isn't worth that. But I see the smile on your face and I know it's a complicated smile. And it seems like you, you again, you're taking that positive from it. How do you do that? Because I wish more people in some ways could do that in the world. But I get the challenge because we don't want to forget or dismiss what happened when focusing on the positive. It's such a delicate line to walk. How, how do you do it? Um, And you make me think about something there. Because when I was writing the story, uh, the stories of the fire watchers in Africa town. Coincidentally, that was during the George Floyd riots. 
and um, have not even thought about that until you just mm. asked that question. So yes, uh, I'll probably go back and reread these things in a different way because that definitely had to have had some mm. influence. Mm. But, you know, anger is destructive and distracting. Mm. Um, and there is a clear difference between fight and anger. Mm. So while anger falls pretty far on the list, I will say that there are, um, maybe there are times that it rears its head, but I am thankful that I have um, an outlet for it. Mm. I mm. am thankful that I can use my words, that I um, can create a platform that gives me an outlet and an opportunity for vindication. Uh, the very first episode of our podcast is Wildest Dreams. And I tell the story of how I <clears throat> came to this determined destiny. And it's not a pretty one. Yeah. And it is one that um, resulted in the loss of my mother. Yeah. And I will tell you that every day when I rise to write at 5 a.m. and work till 10 a.m. and then back at it from three till midnight sometimes um, with the stroke of each key and in the murmur of every word, I do it for her. Mm. So, so yes, going back to what you were saying about the bad, of the terror of the 1841 attacks on Dayton's Africatown being an inspiration, being an inspiration to our family, yes. Mm. And um, the injustice of what led to my mother's death is why I write. Mm. It is why I tell these stories. That the value, as I as I said to her, the value is in our story, mm. not the things. The value is in our story. Mm. Right. I have to ask too. You mentioned before that the women, for those that see the video over your shoulder, you mentioned um, your family history that you you didn't get to ask some of the questions you, you wish you could ask. You didn't. You weren't in that season to to value that as much. What are the what, any questions that you wish you could ask, or the things that you wish you could have known more about? Too many to name. My mother and her cousin are the keepers of our family treasures. And um, cousin Betty Jane passed in 2018, I think. 
2019, at 99 years and nine months old. She was living completely independently. I'm not surprised by that, by the way, given your family history. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, Charity lived to be 98. Wow. So, uh, yes, living completely independently. And so there are many archives that I have um, recently inherited from uh, Cousin Betty Jane. She and my mother are were what I called sister cousins. Um, my mother had sisters, but her sisters all lived on the East Coast, yeah. which was great for, you know, summertime visits. <laughs> but you know, I didn't have those everyday cousins like my um, like my friends did. So, and I and those everyday aunts. Mm. But um, cousin Betty Jean was that to us, mm. and um, it was wonderful to see because my cousins, my um, she didn't have any children, and so her nieces and and uh, nephew who are my cousins, they told me that you know, look, we're going to wait for you because I had a commitment at my alma mater, Ohio University. And so they said, we, we, we'll just wait till you get here. Well, I thought that they meant that in the philosophical sense. <laughs> <laughs> they waited for real. And so when I get to Cousin Betty Jean's, I will always remember that her home was filled with picture collages of my parents and their grandchildren and all of our children. And I thought that it was just the sweetest thing that, um, because she was very private and she would not, and she was very guarded with um, the family archives. Mm. So as she aged, she would not let people in her home. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, so that was very sweet to see. That mm. was very sweet to see, but they were the keepers of the family treasures and, um, there are many questions that I would like to ask them, things that um, I ignored during that time. Uh, Julia Galloway Higgins was um, an Ohio suffragist and she was their grandmother. I should have asked more stories. I should have asked more questions about uh, when they used to hide under the stairs mm. and they would be shooed out of the stairs and grandma Higgins would say, you can't play there. That's where the slaves hid. Mm. I should have asked more details. I have heard those stories my whole life um, and did not value them in those seasons. Mm. I always knew that I would tell the story. I always knew that this was something that I was going to have to do. So there was really no excuse mm. for me not doing a better job. But I will say this, that they did it for me. Mm. They did it for me. Mm. And as I go through um, papers and find these wonderful family treasures and in such good condition, um, I knew, I, I know that they um, were forgiving of my um, ignorance and, and boastfulness in youth and uh, knew that I would, that I would come there eventually. I've got, a last, 
I've got a lamp in my living room that is exactly that story. When my mother brought it to my home, I said to her, I said, Mama, I don't want that. I said, that's not my style. Honey, it's one of my prized possessions. I think I've heard I heard you on another podcast at one point. I think you have some grandkids, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? No? Well, I do not. Oh, you do not. Okay. I do not have any grandchildren, but I am definitely prepared. You're ready for it. I have a hope chest that I have had for uh, maybe a decade or so. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I am prayerful. I have, uh, I've got daughters that are in wonderful relationships and uh, we just had a uh, beautiful wedding um, not too long ago, about a year or so ago. Oh, nice. So, Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Well, and I was going to ask you too, and, and maybe in, in the preparation for that, hopefully, um, it's, I always find that interesting because we all, as you said, we evolve, we go through seasons. I always try and think I have a son uh, who's nine years old now. I try and always empathize and put myself back into when I was younger. And as you said, right, you were just in your, your your youth and you didn't think. How do you think about as you're telling these stories now, trying to get the youth to appreciate it more? What, what, what can you learn from your youth where you wish you would ask those questions, how you try and instill that that curiosity, that wanted to understand more in, in younger people today? Is there anything you can kind of pull from that to try and lessons you've learned from it? It's a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, it is in the way we do the podcast. Yeah. We uh, produce it in a way that will be engaging, um, something that has um, a long shelf life um, in the in the way we uh, approach our production, in the way we approach our storytelling, uh, so that it will be engaging for young people. The other thing that we're doing, and I know my publicist is going to, may not like this, <laughs> <laughs> I might be telling it too soon, but we're putting together a how-to uh, kit um, to give people advice on how, how we've done this, how we've been able to maintain this family history. We, I, I get that it is, boy, do I know it's not easy to do. And family dynamics sometimes inhibit you from asking questions. And so we want to put together a how-to guide so that our uh, listeners will understand how they can do this too. Mm. Um, and the other way that you can understand that is by coming to our event, mm -hmm. Saturday, mm -hmm. March 25th at 1 mm -hmm. p.m. Mm -hmm. at the National Afro-American History Museum and Cultural Center in Wilberforce, Ohio. We're going to be there and we'll show you and tell you how you can do it. Mm. That's awesome. It's so It's so cool. It makes me wonder as you think about your eventual legacy, right? Hopefully one day somebody's telling your story and they're talking about you along the line. It's a hard question to ask. You, you obviously seem like a, a humble person and all that, but but I ask it, what, what do you hope is told about you and your story? If your grandkids or your great grandkids one day are, are doing that? Well, I know that they'll be telling this family story because I have every intention of whispering it in their ear the very first time they are in their grandmother's arms. Mm. Because I am sure that that's why I know it. Mm. Um, the other thing that I hope is that of all the things that I have done and as I've had to prepare for these interviews and 
write bios and whatnot and um, actually look back on these many seasons. Of all the things, I hope it is said that I am a good mother. Mm. That I loved my husband and took care of my children. And if I leave them nothing else, I've left them a legacy of how to love each other. Um, because really, you know, at the end of the day, that is the stories that are going to be told. You know, I've got wonderful stories about cousin Betty Jean that um, I love to tell stories about my mother and how they both were fierce in telling this family story and guarding these archives. And so much so that as I begin to share them with the public, because I recognize that this is necessary for African and for American history, um, I do so with a lot of trepidation. Mm. These things have not been seen outside of our family. Mm. And so it's not easy, but um, as we are cataloging, transcribing and digitizing, we are hoping to uh, present a quite an extensive exhibit uh, within our second season of the Legacy of Charity's Children. Mm. Mm. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Oh. I, I want to ask, uh, Patricia, before you, maybe the last thread of questions I'll ask. Um, part of the reason I do this show, and, and I love having these conversations, is um, I, I think in many ways to the philosophical questioning is I'm, I'm trying to understand life, but I'm trying to understand what it means to live a good life. So to hear you say, you know, that legacy of that, that I love my husband, I love my kids, I was a good mom. That's what I, I want for them. Um, that's exactly the types of things I, I, I love to hear and learn from. And I, I've done almost 200 of these conversations now at this point. I've heard all different types of values. I'm just curious, and there's no no judgment in, in anybody in this, but I'm curious as you think about, you know, I've heard people that it's about, you know, being successful. There's some people that want happiness in life. There's There's all different things that people value. How do you think about that? How do you make sense of that? This 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 world we live in where there's 8 billion people and, and there's so many different things people value and focus on. Obviously for you, it's this point, it's, it's family legacy, it's history and all that. For people that see it differently, that they focus, they spend their time, they dedicate as much time as you are to this, to something different. How do you think about that? Is that, is everybody have their own path? Is it, if we're being totally honest, is it that people should focus on this more? And maybe if more people did, we'd be better off as a society. How, how do you think about that? I think everybody's got their thing. Um, I think that uh, with within your thing, it is important to know where you're going. Mm. And quite often, there's a there's a roadmap behind you mm. of within your family history of what to do or maybe even what not to do. And beginning to understand where you're coming from, just like our beautiful cousin who did never knew why she had this flair mm. <laughs> for horses, why she was an equestrian. She never knew why. But it is a part of who you are. I've got a pastor that asked me one time why I was doing this. And said, you know, my family 
isn't about anything. My family's not from anything. And so I don't focus on that. I just, you know, look forward to, you know, building a legacy for the future. And I told him, I agree with that. I I, I understand that, not agree with it, mm-hmm. but I understand that. And I explained to him, I said, but pastor, look at this beautiful new church you built. Don't you wonder where and who in your history prayed and willed this into existence? Mm-hmm. Don't you wonder why you were inspired to take this path rather than the other? Um, and I'm and I'm curious, which is part of the reason why um, I do this. I'm curious and um, wanted to know if these stories that had been told oral histories as well as written histories? Was it possible to verify this stuff? And to my absolute delight, it is. And we have. And take a listen. Mm. Makes me think the story of the past. There, there's a um there's a humility in that too of of accepting acknowledging as you said what what led you to that point Who, whose blood sweat tears all of that got you to where you are i think yeah. if you if you neglect that if you ignore that it's it's easier to become self-centered to think it's more about you to think in that way well, i'm not saying your pastor obviously felt that way but i think part of the benefit we talked before about the connection it gives you and the comfort i do also think it gives you a humility to, to much like religion to believe you're part of something bigger and that it wasn't just you that did this there was so many people behind you that allowed for that the good and the bad that, that led to it i think that does bring some humility to people in, in that way humility um as well as motivation motivation as well as motivation. And and maybe that goes back to that anger thing is be, that, you know, I allow it to be a motivator. Mm. Yeah, tell me I can't. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to get mad at you. Mm. But I'll show you. And, and now you know why. You know where that comes from because you got a long line of women who said the same yeah. thing. Like, okay, yeah. let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's powerful. <laughs> Patricia, this is um this is a beautiful conversation. I, I really, really do mean that you're a beautiful person in, in all ways. And um I, I really hope people do listen. I know they will. I hope they go to the event. I hope they I hope they get your high to how to guide because I hope more people do this. Cause I, I think as much as your story is so powerful and I want people to hear it as we're talking about people to just embrace this idea of understanding their story more and everything we said that comes with that. I think it makes the world a better place. I really do. And maybe we avoid a lot of that ugliness that unfortunately your family and too many others had to go through. So I thank you a ton for being on, for, for, for bringing this story out for all the work you're doing. It's, it's amazing. I appreciate being here and I will close with our tagline um, because there is value and there is validation in every family story. Mm, Well said, well said. Well, thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Terrence. All right. Hey, thanks a ton for listening to the episode. Um, I really do appreciate everybody that listens. And I think it's super cool that people want to hear conversations like this. They want to hear us talk about values and different perspectives and really just philosophical thinking. 
um, I'm kind of on this mission or journey to bring philosophy back to the forefront, maybe even make philosophy cool again, because I just think there's so much value in thinking about our thinking, questioning and challenging ourselves more, pondering these big picture questions about life. Um, so in that spirit, I'm trying to expand that mission a little bit, and I created a Patreon account. Um, that would be awesome if you check out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, it's pretty simple, though. It's patreon.com slash what's the value. And the idea is for people that maybe want to learn more about philosophy, dip their toe in it a little bit, or maybe you already love it and just want to get more of it, um, check it out because there's kind of a tier for everybody, whether you just want to get like a quick philosophical video or a thought of the day. Um, maybe you want to email or text me some questions and get some thoughtful philosophical responses. Or if you want to have a live one-on-one -on -one chat over Zoom. Um, we're even doing group discussions where we kind of do group philosophical debates and discussions and ponder some of those big questions. So check it out, see if it's something you might be interested in. Uh, as I said, I just love to bring more philosophy into our lives. And I thought this might be a cool way to do it. Um, whether that's your thing or not, and you're into Patreon or not, I really do appreciate a ton that you listen and check out these episodes. So I appreciate it greatly. And I hope you have an awesome day.